0: Welcome to Word at Nine, a podcast dedicated to lifting up the voices of student preachers at Yale Divinity School. I'm your host, Christy Stang. Today we welcome Emma Rae Carroll as our preacher. A Kansas City native, Emma Rae is a second-year MAR student at Yale Divinity School with Andrew Newton and the Institute of Sacred Music. An evangelical studying liturgy, Emma Rae loves exploring the role of the sermon in worship, where she's thankful to be able to preach what she practices. In her free time, she loves crocheting, playing board games, and spending time with her spouse and two cats. Before we hear from Emma Ray, let's sit with scripture for a moment. This is a reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Again he entered the synagogue, and a man was there who had a withered hand. They watched him to see whether he would cure him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, Come forward. Then he said to them, Is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. He looked around at them with anger. He was grieved at their hardness of heart, and said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately conspired with the Herodians against him, how to destroy him. The word of the Lord. Emma Ray, thank you for your words today.
1: When I was a little girl, no older than six or so, At bedtime, my dad would sit in an old pink rocking chair in my bedroom with me and my little sister. The light would be turned off, but he would always turn on the lamp that lived on the side table next to us, and he would rock us. As he would rock back and forth, he would go through Bible memory verses that he had written on the backs of business cards When I got old enough to read, and old enough to read my dad's chicken scratch he calls handwriting, I would hold these cards in my small hands and I would wait until he either recited the verse by memory or asked me for a hint when he got stumped. Just one word or two, just enough to jog his memory. I would laugh and tease when he couldn't remember verses, and I would proudly read aloud with him the ones we knew by heart. Once we got back to the start of our verses for the night, we would pack them up in binder clips or rubber bands, and he would put me and my sister to bed. We would go through about a stack of these business cards every night, and he had six of them. And they slowly got bigger as he added new ones week by week. Even now, about two decades later, there are still sections of scripture that I hear in his voice when I read them. There was a particular way that he said certain phrases, I think. It helped him remember the verse and, in turn, became something that I still remember. My dad's faithfulness in this thing energized and sustained my youth. In this story, in Mark, where we find ourselves today, we find another faithful man. Now, this man is given no name in the story, and the only defining feature that we know about him that is recorded is that his hand is withered. Jesus steps into the synagogue on this Jewish holy day called the Sabbath and there he sees this man. Now, we don't know the man's name. We don't know why Jesus sees him on this Sabbath and not another. We don't know why the man's hand was withered or why Jesus notices the man's hand at all. All we know is that a man was there with a withered hand, and that Jesus took interest in him. We also know that Jesus was not the only one interested in the man, or rather, we know that Jesus' interest in the man sparked the interest of the Pharisees, who wondered whether or not Jesus would break Sabbath tradition by healing the man. You see, this is the fifth of five stories from Mark, chapters two, extending into three, where Jesus has caused more than a little bit of trouble for the Pharisees and other leaders of that time. The first episode, Jesus heals the paralytic that was brought through a roof. The second, Jesus feasts with sinners, The third brings up this crazy notion of new wine in old wineskins. The fourth shows Jesus' disciples breaking the Sabbath law by plucking and eating pieces of grain. And now the fifth, Jesus' audacity to break Sabbath law again in the synagogue, no less, to heal a man whose life was not in danger. When we see the Pharisees looking to accuse Jesus in this story, we must remember these four other stories as moments where Jesus completely upended the Pharisees' understandings of Jewish law and custom. The Pharisees were not being hypocritical. They were concerned for the right interpretation of religious faith and practice, which included, among other things, Sabbath observance. And yet, Jesus does not approach the Pharisees. He is focused on the man with the withered hand. With that interest comes the invitation. Come here. Jesus extends a holy invitation to the man in the same way that Jesus will invite the man to extend his own withered hand. This morning, church family, I invite you to hear in that message to the man with the withered hand what we hear elsewhere in the Gospel of Matthew. Come here to me, you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What a beautiful invitation. Now, Jesus turns to the Pharisees. After the man comes to Jesus, willing and obedient, Jesus turns to the Pharisees gathered together in the synagogue and asks them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? Even as Jesus invites the Pharisees to see God's presence in the world, God's new way of being in the world, the Pharisees are silent. You see, the Pharisees were taught that on the Sabbath, most day-to-day activities were to be set aside until the next day, and they did not want to act unlawfully on their holy day. Now, exceptions were made when lives were in jeopardy, But this man's life was not at risk. In fact, in the previous story at the end of Mark chapter 2, in front of the Pharisees on another Sabbath day, Jesus calls himself Lord of the Sabbath. He tells the Pharisees that the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath but they are not able to understand. Even as Jesus looks on them with anger, fury, and sadness in his eyes and on his brow, they are unable to understand. Their hearts are hardened. Their ears don't let them hear, and their minds do not understand this news, this good news. That tells us that God's presence has been brought dangerously close to us, that our rules cannot contain God, and that the least of these will be brought up, even as the greatest among us are brought low. The Pharisees were not able to understand the words of their Messiah because their hearts hardened. Now we know what happens next. Jesus tells the man with the withered hand to stretch his hand out and the man does. His hand was restored. And that is the end of this man's story. The man's hand, which once was withered, is now withered no more. But that is not the end of the Pharisees' story. Immediately, they rush out of the temple on their holy day and hold counsel with their political leaders so that they might find a way to destroy Jesus, their Messiah, although they did not know it because their hearts were hardened. There was a day in my youth, I don't remember exactly when or how old I was, when my dad put away those Bible memory verses in a utility drawer. You know, the one where you keep all the batteries and papers you might need at some point, but you don't want them. You kind of want to get rid of them, but you keep them just in case. Well, my dad put the memory verses in that drawer and he didn't take them back out again. He hadn't lost his faith or fallen away, it's just, well, they took too long to go through, or his work was busy, or maybe his daughters didn't like to be rocked to sleep as much anymore. Life got in the way of this practice. When I got to college, I was determined to have a set of Bible memory verses just like my dad, and for a time, I did. Well, it wasn't six bundles thick by far, but I did let the word of Christ dwell in me richly. When I read scripture, I devoured it and let it soak into my innermost being, and it truly was my joy and my delight. And as much as I could do, I kept God's word around me and it felt as though I had etched those sacred words right onto my heart. But then my class load got overwhelming. But then I didn't feel as close to God as I had before. But then I stopped seeing this practice as an overflowing of joy and instead saw it as a chore. So, I stopped. Even if I didn't destroy God's presence in my life, I did, at the very least, try and dull it. See, the Pharisees were taught To love the Lord, our God, with all our hearts, with all our souls, and with all our might. My dad was taught that. I was taught that, too. My guess is that somewhere down the line, you were taught that, too. Jesus' disciples were also taught that. And although they had a much more tangible experience of Christ than you or I do, Mark's gospel tells us that their hearts were hardened. Even the twelve disciples, those who were supposed to be closest to Jesus, were unable to see him for who he was. Unable to see what God was bringing about. But... In fact, I believe that it is more than that. Even at their best before Jesus' resurrection, when Peter tells Jesus that you are the Christ, it's not just that Peter didn't fully understand what he was saying, it's that his heart was still hardened. You see, these disciples were not only unable to understand, Their hard hearts refused to recognize Jesus' identity and refused to see what God was bringing about in the world. Dear family in Christ, The hard hearts of the Pharisees were no different than the hard hearts of Christ's own disciples. Today, I would invite you to see yourselves, yes, as the obedient man whose hand is withered no longer. And I would invite you to see yourselves as the Pharisees with hard hearts, trying to dull, dim, and even destroy the presence of God in the world. But more than that, I invite you to see yourselves in Jesus' very own disciples. The disciples who fell asleep on, forsook, and disowned him are the very same ones whom Christ loved. These are the disciples whose hearts were eventually unhardened as they took up their crosses and proclaimed the good news that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead and God had brought about God's presence in the world like never before. This, today, is not a message of condemnation, but rather an invitation to live more fully into the lives we are called as followers of Christ. This Lenten season, I have decided to begin again with my Bible memory verses. Now, they aren't business cards. They are highlighter pink sticky notes. (laughs) Um, Instead of reading them at night in my bedroom, they're placed to the side of my calendar in my kitchen. There for me as I go about my day. And instead of six large bundles of verses, I have only three so far. They're not new ones to my memory, but rather they're ones that I cherished and loved and still hear in my dad's voice that I had put to memory and then forgotten. Funnily enough, on this past Ash Wednesday, just a couple of days ago, My dad sent a text in my family's group chat. Now, I have been entirely moved out of my bedroom at my parents' house for almost two and a half years. In fact, someone else had been living in my own room. (laughs) And now my parents are finally redecorating. I had painted my bedroom green and had placed my bed right in front of a set of bay windows overlooking the driveway. From the picture my dad sent, I could see that the room color was now a beautiful, calming blue, and that a work desk had replaced my old bed in front of the bay windows. The text simply read, Getting my new office slowly in order. On his desk, I saw an assortment of computers, mugs, and various other odds and ends. And, in a little basket on the right-hand side of his desk, I saw his Bible memory verses. (sighs) Dear friends, your hands may be stretched out in obedience now, or perhaps your heart finds itself hardened amidst the upheaval and distress of this past year. But here's the beautiful thing. In Christ, our hearts don't have to stay hardened. We can still stretch out our hands in obedience and love to the one who first loved us. Amen.
0: This has been Word at Nine a podcast dedicated to lifting up the voices of student preachers at Yale Divinity School. Thank you for listening.